Welcome back to the Triple C and Schmo Show. I'm the Schmo. My co-host is joining us from Mexico. He's the king of cringe. He's got an Olympic gold medal, and he's a two-division champion in the UFC, Henry Cejudo. What's up, Schmo? Let's get this ball rolling, man. Sorry I got my crown. Saw this say 4K. We're in Viva Las Mexicos. But let's get this ball rolling because time is money and money is time. And the Schmo respects your hustle and your commitment to do the show every single week. That's what makes you a champion, Triple C. You're always loyal to your word and you're dependable. So let's get a baby update right away. Did you get pooped on yet, man? You're changing. Oh back my back. oh my god, man. All those stories that you've ever heard about dads getting shit on. I literally got shit on my right and left shoulder. I got a piece of my ear too, because I'm holding her up. Right after I changed it, she happened to score again, man. So it's a trip. It's cool being a dad, but waking up at 2.30 in the morning is absolutely it's crazy smoke because when your baby cries, there's nothing like you. You think you would get annoyed by hearing a baby cry? You're better playing it and hear all these baby cries. But when it's actually your baby and your kid, it's precious. It's beautiful, and uh, so far, so good, Schmo. Never shying away from the poop details when he's talking about baby America. Triple C last week, John Jones. He went heavy on Twitter talking about training with you, talking about his former coaches over there in new mexico talking about yuri projaka coming to fight ready maybe as well what's the deal with what's going on what do you make of this whole situation well i'll tell you what i might as well drop the bomb here i've actually been speaking to yuri and uh you know he really took it too hard i actually had reached out to you that's the only fighter that i've ever reached out to, to come and train with me because i asked my coach coach who is it that you want to come over here that could potentially win the belt and he says yuri and I says, okay, so I went out of my way, I wrote to him, and then right after John Jones tweeted that, Gary sent me a message, and he said he wants to come out to Fight Ready next month, and he wants Triple C and the team to help him with his fight camp. Which coach was that? Eddie Cha? It was actually Eddie Cha. He's like, dude, there's a lot of things that we can that we can shape up on him. I see a, I see a lot of potential, but, again, I, but then again, I see a lot of holes, and I see it. If he doesn't come out to fight ready, he's going to be in trouble, Schmo, because Global Teixeira's wrestling is really good. And that's the reason why he's been able to beat these guys. And that's the reason why he's been at the top as such a, as such a, as a 42-year-old man. I mean, you got to give credit where credit is due. He's doing a great job. But at the same time, we have the game plan for a guy like that. So, Yuri, if you're watching this, we've communicated through messages. We've committed through Instagram. If you're serious about winning this belt, come out to fight ready and let's make it happen. The modern day samurai, Yuri Projaka. We love that. And Glover Teixeira, man, over 40 years old. He's got a granite chin. He can take a punch or two. It'd be good to learn something from you, Triple C. And Coach no, Eddie Chan team. Of, of course, of course. And this is the thing, man. I'm, a, I'm actually a fan of uh, Glover because of what he's done and how he's done it. I mean, just the whole process of him becoming a champion. But then again, I see holes. I see holes, especially when it comes to wrestling. And I can help Yuri expose that. So if he's willing to come out, he's going to see what we have to offer. There's a reason, there's a reason why Wei Lee's coming. There's a reason why David Spurgreater's coming. There's a reason why the greatest of all time and John Jones coming. And there's a lot more people that are coming that are hitting me up. I'm not chasing nobody, but I did want Yuri just personally because of my coach, Eddie Chow. And it looks like he's in transitions of making it out here sometime in January. What about Conor McGregor? Would you train with him? Come on, we bring up his name all the time. John Jones addressed it in one of those tweets last week. That super team, what about him? Oh, man, I think I would help out Conor McGregor tremendously, but you know what? I just can't, man. I think Conor McGregor has really crossed the line 
with my brothers, Ali Abdelaziz, Khabib Nurmagomedov, and uh, he can go over there. He can go find an Olympic silver medalist to help his ass. Fair enough. With that said, it's a big week. It's UFC 269. Let's get into the gold medal moment. We're looking at who's headlining. We got Charlie Olives, Charles Oliveira, defending his belt against none other than the Diamond Dustin Poirier. It's a great fight card. We got the lightweight title on the line, my man. Let's get into this fight. The further this fight goes, the more it's going to go towards uh, Dustin Poirier. And the reason why I say that is because... There, uh, Charles Oliveira, there is somewhat of a breaking point to him. We saw that in some of the fights that he did lose. I even saw that, a little bit of that character when he was fighting Michael Chandler. It's almost like, I almost felt like he kind of wanted a way out in some sense in that first round. So when I see attitudes like that, even though I'm a big fan, even though I'm cheering for him, even though I want him to win, those are the things that kind of give me the hiccups a little bit. I'm cheering for him, I want him to win. But I just believe, man, that Dustin Poirier has just been more bulletproof, man. He's been through more wars. His threshold of going through pain is a lot higher. The only reason why I think Olivero could win or would win is if he knocks him out. It's going to have to be early. But the further this fight goes on, Dustin Poirier, he's the same fighter. He's going to use his hands. He's going to strike. He's going to pressure. He doesn't take anybody down. And if he does, I guess that, that wouldn't that wouldn't that wouldn't go that wouldn't go for the plan because you don't want to have you don't want to take down Oliveira. But this is going to be a striking fest, and for that reason, I'm probably leaning more towards Dustin Poirier than my brother Oliveira. When fighters say you either win or you learn, there's no better example of learning than when Dustin Poirier lost to Habib Nurmagomedov back in Abu Dhabi. It was a situation where he learned what it's going to take to be championship level, to get the gold strap, to be battle tested, what it means to have that championship level cardio and to be a well-rounded fighter. Dustin Poirier, he's got all the accolades of fighting the who's who. But do not overlook who Charles Oliveira has fought and what he's overcome to get to this point. The Schmo agrees with you in the sense that the longer this fight goes, the more it does favor Dustin Poirier. But we do see an opportunity for Charles Oliveira to win. And if you look at the way he fought Tony Ferguson, the superior grappling that he was able to demonstrate, the Schmo thinks Oliveira could get a victory. And his key to victory is not knocking him out because I don't think he'd be able to do that or by getting a finish by TKOs. It would be through submitting him, getting him to tap or go unconscious. That's how the Schmo thinks Charles Oliveira is key to victory in this fight. And him being overlooked, and for people questioning his toughest, that's only going to add fuel to the fire. And by no means is Dustin Poirier overlooking his competition in this fight. But to think that Oliveira cannot get the victory to a submission... I think that's where people will be surprised. And the durability and the toughness and having that gold strap and getting that moment and overcoming the adversity in the first round of Michael Chandler fight, that last fight in Houston, I think we got to give Oliveira more credit here. No, I do, Shaw. Trust me, I do. The only thing I'm at the question is just part of that adversity aspect. I think Charles Oliveira is the most technical fighter in the whole roster of the UFC. The guy could submit. The guy has The guy's takedowns are... are are ridiculous for not being a wrestler and his striking is so crafty man from elbows knees to kicks the only problem is is you gotta have the full package and that's the only thing that scares me with him i would love to bet the house but man there's something that has to be said when you have durability and that being said i do believe if poirier wins you heard it here 
first small, I do believe he will retire because when a fighter starts thinking about retirement, it's true. You should retire. And I feel Dustin Poirier wins. I think he wants to leave on top. I don't think he wants to fight Justin Gaethje. I really don't. I don't think so. No, I was there at that fight in Phoenix. I'd be surprised if he... uh, if I'll be surprised if he doesn't retire, but when somebody thinks about retirement, you might as well do it. And I think Dustin Poirier, if he wins, he will retire. You heard it here first from King Triple C. And the schmo, I'm not sure if this whole segment's going to come out before or after, but the schmo's going to be interviewing Charles Oliveira. And I'll just say this, Dustin Poirier is a physically bigger guy than Oliveira. Poirier's the type of guy who could be fighting a welterweight if he wants to do a heavier weight cut. He's a physically bigger guy than Oliveira. Advantages there, among other things. And a very interesting take about him retiring there, Triple C. We'll hold no. you to it. Because you know what it's like retiring on top after a big victory. Oh, and it's special, dude. I think he wants to do other things in life. I think he wants to start a business just like myself. Like it's People have no idea how cool retirement is if you actually know and you have a game plan on what you want to do. And I think uh, Dustin's on that route. I mean, who knows when the dude is, he's become, he's not the champion yet, but he's, he, you know, he's become one of the top stars in the UFC because of his demeanor. And I think there's so much more out there for him than just fighting. And I believe he capitalizes on, on that, on his, on his star power, that he could, he could take it very, very far. I believe he's got a partnership with those Robert Graham t-shirts, those, those beautiful button downs, outstanding stuff. He looks good too. Let's move on to this week's silver medal moment. It was announced that Tommy Fury, in fact, became Tommy Fumble. Not legally, didn't change his name, but he fumbled the opportunity. He had to pull out of the fight. Illness, injury, who knows? And now we got Tyron Woodley stepping up, short notice, post getting the tattoo. I love Jake Paul. We're finally going to see it. Paul Woodley too. What do you make of this? And first of all, man, I'm a little upset with, uh, you know what? He should change his name to Tommy Fumble because that's absolutely ridiculous. There's one article that said he had an illness, and then there's another article that said he had a broken rib. Man, Tommy Fury, man, stop fighting. Stop trolling with, uh, stop trolling with freaking that other clown and just, man, just, just get out of here, dude. Go get into Molly Max. You're a good looking kid. But fighting is not for everybody. Don't sign for a fight if you're not going to show up. Listen, man, I've been injured in a lot of my fights. I go out there and I actually compete. But when you get these mediocre guys, I think they can fight. And there's a little smack talk and there's pressure involved. And you don't want to fight. Man, that's just, that's just, Tommy Fumbles, you absolutely make me sick. This was obviously the biggest payday he was going to make in the combat sports game. He's throwing it all away. I don't see how he rebounds from this and from this opportunity if anything this makes jake paul look so much better it makes jake paul look legit jake paul was jake, the one who- jake paul jake paul should have given another chance Shmo, if i was in his position because when you get all that media and there's things there's ways to cover injuries and things like that i mean there's quarter zone shots that you could possibly do if it, if it gets approved by the nevada state athletic commission there's things but if you don't want to fight man if you're not ready or you're scared you don't don't, don't even you know don't even harass the the terrible boxer of Jake Paul, you know what I'm saying? Because that just makes me sick. But I am excited for Tyron Woodley and uh, Jake Paul. I think this time, I think Jake Paul is actually going to finish him. I really do because there's a lot of emotions involved. I believe Power Woodley's going to, you know, uh, be a little more emotional in this fight. I think if that's the way the fight goes, I believe uh, with the preparation that Jake Paul has done, 
And I, I'm sure, I guarantee you he's gotten a lot better. Again, he's around a lot of world-class boxers, and it's different. He's not out there just going to different events. The dude is serious about what he's doing. So I'm going to have to give the upper edge to none other than Jake Paul. Well, how could you not give him the edge right off the bat? He maybe took two to three weeks off top since he got the victory over Woodley and then went right back at the camp and was training. He was training for uh, Fury weeks before it was officially announced. He's been in camp. Who knows how much boxing, how much training that Woodley's done since that time. Absolutely. And by the way, there's a $500,000 clause that Jake Paul announced that goes in here if Woodley knocks out Jake Paul. So does that mean he's going to be headhunting the entire time? He's certainly not going to win on points if he's just going for the head. Are you going to set up combinations? You could go for the body. What are you going to do to actually win the fight and win the rounds? That's a situation that you have to really take note of because there's incentive to win a certain way when you need to be winning no matter what it takes at all costs, whether you win on points or you get the stoppage. It can't be just headhunting for the knockout. That's an interesting take to Schmo. Yeah, what, what is what is the fight anyways? I'm confused. Is it this week or next week? It's next week. It's the week after this. The Schmo will be there, Tampa, Florida, December 18th. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, I, th- I think Jake Paul should up into a million. I think you make it really exciting, very enticing, because I, I just don't, I just don't see Tyra Woodley hurting Jake Paul. If he didn't do it in the first fight, I don't think there's nothing to really be said, especially if Jake Paul's up his defense. But if I was Jake Paul, I'd up that thing to a whole million dollars. You have an entire fight's tape to look at. You don't know how much adjustment Woodley's been able to make since that time. You've only improved if you're Jake Paul. You're still a young kid in your mid-20s. You're still learning the sport. You got BJ Flores in your corner. You got to favor Jake Paul, just given the situation short notice. If Tyron Woodley had a full camp, it might be a different story. The Schmo would speak otherwise. So as your official prediction, you don't have to make it right now because we'll probably talk about this the other time. But right now, you are leaning towards Jake Paul, given the situation and circumstances. Yeah, I have to, man. I want to have more faith in Woodley, but it's just... He's just been on a losing streak, and I think he, I just don't, I, I, I don't know, man. I'm just going to have to go with Jake Paul. I'm happy Woodley is getting paid, though. I mean, listen, man, this, we're talking about one of the greatest welterweights of all time, a Hall of Famer in the UFC. He's getting paid, and finally, we like to see it, man. We like it when the fighters get paid. Yeah. We like Tyron Woodley getting paid. Yeah, that's cool, man. Good, good for him. Good for him. Now, let's move on to this week's bronze medal moment. Let's talk about the Sugar Show. Sugar Sean O'Malley, the most talked about unranked fighter on the roster of the USC and one of the most popular fighters out there today. He's on the main card. Meanwhile, Dominic Cruz, he's on the prelims. So truly, Triple C, how big of a star is the Sugar Show, Sugar Sean O'Malley? I think he's popular, but I don't think he's I don't think he's a pay-per-view draw, honestly. I'm actually pretty surprised that they're that they're actually doing that. I think the Dominic Cruz and uh, uh, Pedro Munoz should really be in the main card, but it's all good. It doesn't matter because if you're not main event in my eyes or co-main event leading for a fight, then the rest doesn't really matter. You know, what I mean? you want to be the main attraction or or bus. But I think I think Sean O'Malley has a way to truly be a pay-per-view sell. I think. I just don't know. I just don't know how good he really is. Even though I see a lot of great things from him, like I, I'm impressed with his with his fakes, his feints, his distance control. You know, I spoke to Sean too a little bit when I did see him. I think, hey man, I think you gotta you, you got you gotta protect that lead leg, man. Because if I was fighting you, 
If I was that Brazilian, I'd be chopping that thing down because he's been proven to crack, and th- th- these guys cannot take that many hits. It's the same thing that I go with, uh, uh, the same thing that I say about Oliveira, like that they're not battle-tested, you know what I'm saying? But when you're battle-tested, you're bulletproof, that makes you a whole other fighter. So even that Brazilian that he's fighting, that fought his teammate uh, Kyler Phillips, Dude, he was bullet. Te- he was he was he was war tested, and that's why he was able to beat him. So I think if that Brazilian is able to press Sean O'Malley with throughout the whole fight and bring the fight to him, he could beat him. He could beat him. But I think Sean O'Malley has a lot of potential. But we never know because he's not fighting the top contenders. And I don't know that that question just confuses me, Schmo, because he's been getting a bunch of cans. Well, if you're asking the Schmo, is he a star or is he not a star? The Schmo would certainly say he's a star. He's got the social media following to support it. He's got the buzz to support it. There's a reason why his interviews get a lot of views. Look at when the Schmo interviewed him. We'll refer to that, too. He, the guy gets clicked. Look at who he's hanging out with. He's got 6'9". He's going to be walking out to a new track unreleased yet by 6'9". For this fight, he's got Steve Will Do It. And we all know Steve Will Do It and the Nelk Boys, their relationship with Uncle Dana White, the Hollerhead Whiskey, the Happy Dad stuff. Sean O'Malley's in the mix. He's on the Impulsive Podcast, so he's in business with both the Paul brothers. This guy's got the formula to really integrate himself, not just MMA famous, but sports and entertainment famous. And that's the difference maker. The Schmo yeah, had a great the, discussion. Yeah. yeah, but the way I see it, Schmo, it's all based on money. You well, can yes. be popular. You could you could be popular, but if you don't if you don't have that Conor McGregor, if you're not able to really sell sell, you can have you can have 50 million followers. But who is it really going to get Conor you paid? McGregor, after Conor McGregor and and after Ronda Rousey, the UFC is not going to allow that formula to happen again. Where you're going to get a star that's going to be bigger than the promotion. And obviously, if that same formula existed today, where Conor McGregor was going on a media tour after big wins, Ronda Rousey and stuff like that. They do the same thing for Sugar Sean O'Malley. The situation's just so much different. The sport's in a much different place now than it was back then. So with the Sugar Show, Sean O'Malley, you're right. He is more hand-selecting his opponents. But I want to talk about his stature for a second. He's a tall guy cutting down to 135. Look at some of the best fighters in the UFC. Look at the John Joneses. Look at the Israel Adesanias. Look at the Sugar Sean O'Malley's. They're these tall, lengthy, skinny fighters. Yeah, yeah. No, I got you. But, but, but look at their body type. Look at their reach. Look at what they can do. And I know his wrestling, it has to be tested. It's not the par. He does have some BJJ. Look at what he did in the Quintent Ultra. The guy's able to get submissions. He has that in his arsenal. But you're right. A Julian Paiva. He fought Kyler Phillips, his opponent, uh, who's also trains with him, Sugar Sean O'Malley, at the MMA lab. It's someone that he knows the body to. You got Team Alpha Male, MMA lab. You're getting a lot of crossover fights of those guys in the Bantamweight division as I'm late. The advantages he has over Paiva is his speed in addition to his striking. His speed's been his difference maker in a lot of these fights. The one fight it wasn't a difference maker for was the Cheeto Vera, and obviously Cheeto attacked his lead leg. He was able to attack his legs. But Sugar Sean O'Malley... Just how he does it in the Snoop Dogg moment that he had at Contender Series. If the question which the Schmo asked you is, is he a star or is he not a star? The Schmo's got to say he's a star. Oh, no, if, that's a, if that's the case, then I'll tell you he's a star. You know what I mean? But you're right, man. It is hard for people to really sell it, man. You know what I'm saying? This is why you start a character. I think this is, it's the same reason why uh, – uh, it's the same reason why there's people like Sean O'Malley, you know, coloring their hair and doing things like that. Yeah. He, okay, I mean he's a star. He's just I, I would just like I would just like to see. I think the biggest thing with me is I would like to see him become a winner. 
Yeah. You know what I mean? Not not just a star, not just be entertainer, not just be known. But but but, but uh, somebody that the... could put somebody that could scrap, somebody that can make legacy, you know, have accolades to be able to back up that talk. Because if not, you're just an entertainer, man, in my eyes. Yeah, but like he said though too, look. He understands the business and the economics of it. He's building his brand. He's selling merchandise. He's got a contract with the, C- the UFC that's paying him X amount to fight. Why should he fight a ranked opponent getting the same contract, getting the same amount of money as if he would fighting a Julian Paiva or anyone else who isn't unranked? For him, he wants a new contract to fight some of these bigger name guys, and he's looking at it as a business decision. Look what just happened to Kevin Lee, and look what Kevin Lee's preaching now. Kevin Lee gets cut. Kevin Lee is a dog and only fought dogs, only fought top competition. And now he's in a situation saying, hey, if I did it over again, I'd be more selective for the opponents that I would be fighting if I was to do it again. Sugar Sean O'Malley's recognizing that now, and he sees that, and that's what he's going after. It's a much different situation. It's a different game we're playing here. And you know what, Shmo, you're right. You're 100% right. I'm going to have to change my vote. He is a star. He is doing what's right. Even though I want to see him against tougher competition, he wins this fight. I would love for him to go up against Giannis. And I believe yes. after that, I, I believe that fight will really solidify because these are two two guys in their prime that got great stand-up. And I think it would be an entertaining fight. And I think both, both guys could be... Uh, both guys could really promote and pump that fight. And I would love to see a five-rounder with that one. Schmo 100% agrees with you. And I believe we will see that fight. He told the Schmo he'd like to see that in March. There's two must-do things the Schmo must do every time he's in Arizona. One is go see Triple C. Two is go see Sugar Sean O'Malley. You guys are neck and neck. It's like ham and cheese. You got to eat them together. We love to see you both in the flesh every time the Schmo's in Arizona. All right, let's move on. Because we'll get back to UFC 269 and the cringe vision. Let's talk about this week's top moment. We got to go to Bellator. We got to go to the last Bellator made fight here for UFC 221. Sergio Pettis and a foe for you, an opponent that you had in your past. His come from behind victory against Kyoji Horiguchi, baby. And then the announcement of a Bellator Grand Prix. I love it, man. I love it when a fighter doesn't give up. They're not looking at the scorecards. They know they're down. They're still going to throw. They go for broke. He gets the spinning back fist. He lands it flush on the chin. He gets the victory. He celebrates. He understands the moment. And now we're going to get a Grand Prix at 135 and Bellator. And the Schmo knows, Triple C, how much you and I both love these Grand Prix formats. Oh, my God. It is fire, man. I wish the UFC would have come up with something like that because... It will truly show you who is the best of the best. Obviously, Patricio Pitbull at the featherweight division. Bellator did it before with him and AJ McKee and all the rest of the guys there in Cabo, and they all fought each other. I mean, it, it is it is hard, man, and you're really going to know who is it that is the best of the best. And it's not just Bellator that's coming up with the Grampies, but even look at the 135-pound in boxing. I mean, look at, look at Devontae Davis, uh, Devin Haney, Cambosas. Uh, uh, I mean, these guys, these the 135-pound the weight division is the hottest division, I believe, in combat sports, period, right now. But I love it. I hope the UFC would come up with a format like that. Having Peter Yan, Aljamain Al- Sterling, having a lot of these guys, Jose Baldo, uh, uh, TJ Shaw, having all these guys in this tournament format and really determine who is the best of the best. I love it. I, I would love for the UFC to adopt something like that. That way there's no excuses of who's who's what and who's doing what, and that's it. I love, I love what Bellator is doing. 
And I gotta just I I, I watched the fight with Curry uh, with uh, Kyoki Haraguchi uh, uh, and Sergio Perez, and I tell you what, man, he was getting swamped on. He surprised me. He impressed me, Sergio Perez, because he knew that he was losing that fight. I mean, he was literally losing four rounds going into the fifth. Uh, Hiochi looked super good too with the striking. You would have never thought he took two years off of fighting, but the way he was able to to really finesse a lot of the things. But Sergio Perez just knew that he had to take a risk, and he hit him with that right kick. As he missed, he came from behind and literally caught him with that with that backhand. And that's all she wrote. This is the sport of mixed martial arts and MMA, and you never know what could happen. And one last question to you before we move on to the goaded segment. What's the difference between the Sergio Pettis that you fought versus Sergio Pettis we saw this weekend? Um, I think he's more experienced now. I think he really is. But I just, if Kyoki's still able to take him down, I'd still be the same fight for me because I knew how dangerous Sergio Pettis was. So I just grinded pounded him for three rounds. It was actually one of the most boring fights. I actually never saw that fight because I actually got booed because I kind of just held on to him where I should have actually had punished him. Anyways, he's good. He's tough. Congratulations to him. Him and his brother are officially, you know, these legend brothers. And uh, congratulations to Sergio Perez. I tell you what, man, anybody that can cover behind and do what he just did, man, you know, respects, res- deserves respect from Triple C himself. And now, Triple C, let's move on to the man who's got a face on the cringe couch. Let's talk about who's goaded this week. Bah! Schmo can't do it as well as you. Yeah, man! I'm going to have to get to none other than Jose Baldo. I tell you what, man. The dude is actually still fairly young, man. He's 34 years old, but he has, he has been in the UFC for over a decade. I mean, he's an experienced human. And none of these guys from these new generations could could beat him. So I'm, I'm a, you know what I mean? Like Jose Aldo, I, had a, I officially had a fight for him at UFC 250 in Sao Paulo on May 9th due to COVID. I had a fight, Dominic the Boost Cruz. But Jesus, man, I gotta give credit where credit is due. And for that reason, this go to segment belongs to another. The king of Rio, Jose Aldo. I love that fight that with him and TJ Dillashaw because Peter Young's going to fight Aljamain Sterling. I think Jose Baldo should fight TJ, and they should get it on. Winner of that fight fights for the belt. The Schmo 100% agrees with that. We'd love to see Aldo against TJ Dillashaw. Even Aldo not throwing nearly as many leg kicks. He's withstanding all the punishment from Rob Font. He was able to take Rob Font's poker face and turn it upside down and get the job done. He withstood everything. He hung in there. He's so well-rounded. He doesn't give up. And man, oh man, everyone who used to bash me couldn't make the weight cut to 135. You would think the older you get, you go up in weight. That's what you did. That's what a lot of people do. This guy goes down to bantamweight. He's getting the job done. He's fighting great. And man, you're right. He's still in his mid-30s. You think this guy's like 40 years old with all the experience. Yeah, of course, man. I don't know what it is, man. I don't know what they're sipping on out, out there in Brazil. But Glover Teixeira did it. Now Jose Aldo's doing it. Congratulations to them. And let's move on to the cringe vision. We put on those glasses and we look into what's going down ahead. And before we get into these UFC 269 predictions, let's talk about who you think Nate Diaz will fight next. 
in his final fight in his UFC contract because, listen, TMZ caught him. He says he is not fighting Hamzat Chemaev. In fact, he called Chemaev a rookie and says he's got, what, four fights in the UFC? He needs to fight guys with more experience. Who would you like to see Nate Diaz fight next? Yeah, first of all, man, you don't call somebody like Chemaev a rookie, man. Ain't nobody want to fight that. Not even the champs want to fight that dude. That dude is the most dangerous, lethal guy in the UFC. But I would love to see... Nate Diaz fight against Tony Ferguson. I think that fight, I think he needs somebody with the name. He needs somebody with popularity. And we saw Tony Ferguson these last recent years. You know, his his level of, of fighting has has diminished, has gone down. But I think for that reason, Nate Diaz might want to pick that fight. I believe it would be entertaining. And uh, I would love to see Nate Diaz versus Tony Absolutely love the fight. And the one fighter I would say I would move that fight aside for would be for the trilogy with Conor McGregor. Because if there is one fight left for Nate Diaz, and who knows how the leg and the longevity will hold up with Conor and what the future holds. If it's our last opportunity to get the trilogy fight between Nate Diaz and Conor McGregor, that's the fight the Schmo wants to see. But if we could put that off to maybe it's another promotion, or maybe they somehow still continue on a UFC contract, we would love to see Tony Ferguson, El Kikui, the last fight with Nate Diaz. That is a great one to say, and uh, we love it. So let's go on to USC 269 predictions. Let's go with the fight that is not even the main fight on the prelims. We talked about it earlier, Dominic Cruz, Pedro Munoz. Who you got for this one? Man, I'm going to have to go with, uh, if, if Pedro Munoz lost to Jose Baldo, I'm just going to have to simply go... Uh, Dominic Cruz. Dominic Cruz wrestles his footwork. If you don't train for Dominic, you're not going to be able to hit him. you got to be able to have the right game plan for him. But just for the simple fact that Dominic wrestles, I see him getting the W. Pedro's one of the hardest kickers in this division. If he can attack the leg of Cruz, like you did, Triple C, in your fight with him, you could really slow down that footwork and you could change the game. You can attack him because Dominic's advantages would be those footwork, that movement, and stuff like that. You can neutralize the legs. You can get the success if you're Pedro Munoz. You could, you could, but the thing is, he ain't Triple C. My question is, is will he do it? But I don't, I, I don't, I don't think so. For that reason, I'm going Dominic Cruz. Let's go to the headline that fight. Is, that is Dominic the Booze Cruz. All right, Keith Peterson, what's up, man? Let's get a drink, my friend. Talk to the schmo <laughs> about Josh Emmett, Danny Gate, the headline fight of the prelims, a barn burner, which could be the fight of the night if you ask the schmo. It's the early on favorite. Oh, man, this one, you know, Dan 50K Ige, that's my brother, man, I'm cheering for him, but I also know that uh, Josh Emmett has dynamite in his hands. The dude, the dude could crack, man. He, he I, I, I don't think I don't think he's I don't think Dan Ige has possibly that with the power of uh, of somebody like Emmett. But for that reason, I think if he's able to use his grappling, uh, Dan Dan 50K, I think it'd be an easy fight for him. The problem is, is can you mix it? Are you able to do that? Uh, but for that reason, I might have to go with none other than 50K Dan Ige. Dad Ige with the Dad Ige strength. He's been more active than Josh Emmett. It will be interesting to see the layoff because Josh Emmett has not fought as many fights in the recent years. If the ring rust, if for those who believe in it, will be a factor in this one. Let's go on to Sugar Show. Sean O'Malley, you brought him up earlier. He's kicking things off in the main card against Julian Paiva. Is the Sugar Show going to be victorious or are we going to see him spoil his just, night? Paiva, that just, is. Just for the simple fact, 
that the Brazilian beat his training partner, and I still I, I still feel like Kyler is a way better version than uh, not a way better version, but just a better version of Sean O'Malley because he has better jiu-jitsu in that sense. Um, I think if he's able to bring that pressure, like he fought Kyler Phillips, I think he could sit the W too. There's something to be told when you have that when you're able to wear on somebody. But if he's not able to do that. I'm going to have to go with another than Sugar Sean O'Malley. If you give Sean O'Malley distance, he will pick you apart. But it all depends on that fight. To me, that fight's up in the air. I can go with either one of them. But we'll just, I'm going to have to go with my Brazilian brother. How about how about that, Schmo? Well, book it on betonline.com because those odds would make you money if Triple C's right on this. Julian Paiva was losing that fight to Kyler Phillips. Kyler Phillips arguably won that fight. But he seemed to gas out towards the end of the fight. He seemed to lessen the load. So it's going to come down to cardio. Is Sean O'Malley's cardio better? Is his striking better? He's a quicker guy. It will be interesting to see how it goes on. These but are the you things. believe in those odds and you want to make some money, listen to Triple C and go on bet online and make the move. This is the thing, though. This is what I saw with Sean O'Malley. When he fights, he literally looks at the clock. He tries to find out how much time there is. When you see things like that, if that Brazilian does not take advantage of that, He's going to lose the fight because Sean O'Malley, he is technical. He is good. He, do, he does have great fakes and fakes. And he does, he's starting to understand his distance. The only problem with him is just the stance. He leaves that front leg out there just a little too much. So he's going to have to shorten his stance or he's going to have to match the distance just a little bit better. But until I see that, man, I think Sean O'Malley can beat a lot of people. But I can also suit, but I can also see him losing to anybody too. Something to keep an eye on over time. Let's move on to Kaikara France against Cody Nolov Garbrandt making his debut in the flyweight division. Going to be a banger for sure. Both guys like the crack. They do, they do. But I'm going to have to give the upper hand to Kaikara France. I mean, the dude is a legit flyweight. He's right. The flyweights are faster. Uh, the flyweights, it's, it's, it's a different speed. And he has a different power. I just don't think Cody. I just don't think Cody should have ever gone down 125 pounds. And if he does, prove me wrong. But I just see Kai Kara France man getting the W. I don't know how his recovery is. I think he. I think. I think Cody should have probably fought a lower level guy before he got into a fight like fighting a a, a, a 25 pounder with powerful powerful hands like Kai Kara France. I'm not to go none other that ugly Kiwi Kai Kara France. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. That's why if you're Cody No Love, you got to make a splash in a new weight division. That's why he's challenging himself against Cara France. And that's why it's going to be an exciting fight either way. Former Bantamweight champion against this guy. We're going to see where he really stacks up now in a new weight division. Let's talk about Jeff. Hands of steel. Neil against Santiago Pantanibio. What do you like? Two welterweights who can crack as well. Man, a lot of cracking in this fight. Yeah, there is a lot of cracking, but I believe the guy with most the most experience, and he's a he's a friend of mine. I just have to go Ponsonibio. You know, Ponsonibio has has been caught and he's been knocked out. But other than other than that, I mean, he's he's fought the best. He has an endurance. He has a gas tank on him. I think he knows that he you know his time is limited in the UFC. And I think he's in a fight very inspired in this fight. So for that reason, I'm gonna have to go Ponsonibio. His last fight, he really, really showed that all that experience, that time off which he had before, the guy is able to, no, his last two fights, he's been doing 
I mean, I, he, I think he had that knock. He got knocked out, and it was in Abu Dhabi, and then his last fight at UFC Fight Night in the Apex. He really, really showed something. And uh, he's got the experience. He can crack. Jeff Neal, all the stuff that's happening to him outside of the octagon, what just happened to him recently with uh, the, the incident with the law. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that's got to be weighing on his shoulders outside. Hopefully, it's not too much of a distraction. But listen, for anything... All this stuff is, eh, eh, it makes a question things. Uh, Ponsonibio, though, not sleeping on that guy after his last fight against Miguel Baeza. That's what it was. What he proved there, because the circumstances weren't as high, I think people overlooked that, but that was one of the best fights of the year that no one's talking about. It was a very underrated fight, but what he was able to attest in that fight and overcome, Ponsonibio, I'm not sleeping that guy ever again. Let's go on to the bantamweight for the females, the co-main. We got Amanda Nunez against Juliana Pena. Yeah, I just think you're going to really need a lot more than just grappling to beat Amanda Nunez. And I just don't think Juliana Pena's striking is up to par. I think she does mix her fighting with the table, which makes sure, that's what makes her special. But she doesn't have that thumb. She doesn't have those hands. She doesn't have things that are... You know what I mean? I mean, Amanda Nunes is a Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt and a judo black belt. I mean, you're gonna need a, you're gonna need a lot more than just your wrestling and, and submissions. As long as you know what I mean, so you can't, you you, you just cannot bet against the, uh, you know, the the goat of the women's division, Amanda Nunes. Just for poops and giggles, the schmo recently turned on Valentina Shevchenko, Amanda Nunes too, because that was the last time the schmo really felt like Amanda Nunes was tested. And we went back and we watched the fight because people argue, maybe you can argue Valentina won the fight, maybe Nunes won the fight. And the schmo, we looked at it, no, Amanda Nunes won the fight. She won three rounds to two easily, I gave it to her. And Nunes is just so well-rounded. She's not going to fear the striking from Juliana Pena. And Juliana Pena is now not shy about saying she's going to wrestle her. So when you got Nunes, the greatest female of all time, going into a fight with more than enough preparation and knowing what the best asset is of what her opponent's going to bring to the table and knowing what she's done to all the best females in this division, how do you bet against the greatest female of all time? It just puts you in a predicament. We understand why you say that. And then, obviously, it's the main event. We already got your prediction for Poirier Oliveira. But, man, oh, man, again, that's such a great fight. It is. It is. Like I said, man, the most technical fighter against the most great fighter in the UFC. I'm cheering for Charles Oliveira. I want him to win. The only thing that scares me about this fight is just the fact that that uh, Poirier has just been through more wars and he's been able to survive a lot of this stuff. So that's up in the air. I don't even want to say because I don't want I don't want Charles the Bronx mad at me. But I'm cheering for him. I hope you get the job done. And that's this, you know. Triple out. And this Friday, the Schmo will be competing against the pro at the Aria. Sign up. We're putting the link in there. The Schmo versus the pro. Iron Michael Chandler, who was the last opponent for Oliveira. He's going to be attendance for UFC 269. The Schmo versus the pro will be there this Friday here in Las Vegas. Make sure you check that out. And make sure all of you, we appreciate all of you, keep watching the show. We got a new show out every single week. Make sure you subscribe to the channel make sure you tune in if you like listening to us we're on spotify we're on itunes we're on google play everywhere that you get your podcast tune in every single week because we provide you something different aren't that right triple c you right and what's your name 
I am Triple C. There we go, some animation. I am the Schmo. We will deliver, and we are.